Praise the Lord. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, everybody. Welcome to today's devotion. And we're going to be praying for the first few minutes. And I'll be reading from 1 Timothy chapter 2. I exhort, therefore, that first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings, and for all that are in authority that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who will have all men to be saved and to come unto the knowledge of the truth. We'll be praying for presidents, for governors, for prime ministers, for all those who occupy places of power and of authority, we're praying for CEOs, founders of organizations, institutions, and praying for their salvation. Praying also that they be led by the wisdom of God to make decisions that Aligned with the will of God for mankind, let us pray. You can unmute your mic as we pray. <laughs> I'm 
Praise the Lord, hallelujah, we thank you, hallelujah. Oh, Paravaka Suga Badi Brady, Sida Mantani Brady, Oh, Pashida Padi Kronzida Padi Brady, Siska Tunga Brady, Rotonza Ashkira Mantani Brady, Skasuga Brady, Rotonza Iska, we thank you for leaders of nations all around the world. Oh, Paribosia, in every country, in every territory, Likonza Ira Patani Brady, where your name is exalted in all the nations. Bonga Pratis to Skisa Amanda, Oh, Pashida Amanda, the gospel. Is exalted in every nation. Christ is exalted in every nation. Mikonza is the skira manta, everybody. Oh, we thank you. Marikonzi is the skira manta. For every leader, Marikonzira manta is going to promote the agenda of God. Hallelujah. We come against every leader. He can see that promotes the agenda of the devil right now. In the name of Jesus, Marikonzira. We thank you, Marikonzira. For our leaders, hallelujah. Yeah, the, the stony heart is taken away. Oh, body goes sinner. And a new heart is given to everyone. In the name of Jesus. Even at this time, hallelujah. We come against dubious men and women. Oh, the deep state. Oh, the deep nation. Oh, the deep church. In the name of Jesus. Oh, body comes in a matter. That promote the agenda of the devil even at this time. We come against the spirit of corruption. Of violence. Of anarchy. Of wickedness, Manikonza Ira Pani Kronosa, because Sita with this part ministry angel to every nation, Manikonsira Manta Ribadita, or Manikonsira Pata, or we come against policies and laws that stand against the gospel, Manikonsi Ira Padia, Manikonsira, or we thank you for Christians in every nation that they stand stronger, or boldly declaring truth, in a Manikonsira, even in the midst of persecution, they stand stronger in a Manikonsira Manta. They know what to say. They know what to do. More than ever before, the gospel is spread. We thank you for the rich. Oh, There's a great harvest of souls. Even at this time. morning um good afternoon good evening depending on the nation you're participating from um welcome to inspired by the word praise the lord you know it's been a glorious time praying for the nations knowing that we're making changes and these are months of change and then um testimonies are pouring in testimonies are pouring in for the lord is doing a quick work um thank you sister maka for this opportunity um hand over to you right now thank you amara Thank you so much, Sister Princess. Thank you for the time of prayer. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another time of devotion with our God. And um, 
today is the last day of the month of March. And I believe that it's been a beautiful month for you. And today is Wednesday, 31st of March, 2021. Today's devotional article, The New and Living Way. Our opening text is taken from Hebrews 10, 19 to 20. Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which he had consecrated for us through the veil that is to say his flesh. Hallelujah. How awesome this is. Jesus opened for us a new and living way to the Father. He took off the veil to the Father's presence and ushered us in. Blessed be God. Remember his words in John 14 and verse 6. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Recall that in Genesis, Adam had sinned against God and was driven away from the presence of God, together with his wife Eve. They had been in fellowship with God in the Garden of Eden, but the Bible says God sent an angel with a flaming sword to stay at the gate of the Garden to disallow them from re-entering the Garden. Suddenly, the rich fellowship man once had with God was over. That was the beginning of religion. Man began to do everything he could do, he could, to get that divine presence again. All the religions of the world today are seeking the same thing, the divine presence. Man had no way to get back into that presence until Jesus came. He made a startling statement, which we read earlier. He said, I am the way. No one comes to the Father but by me. You see that in John 14 and verse 6. This was what Adam needed. This was what the patriots of the Old Testament all needed. The way to the Father's presence. Jesus is that way. When he died on the cross, the Bible says the thick veil that separated the temple from the most holy place was torn in two from top to bottom. Matthew 27 and verse 51. Making the presence of God accessible. Today, there's no veil, no separation anymore between you and the Father. You live in his presence. And the Bible says in, the, in his presence is fullness of joy and pleasures evermore. Psalm 16 and verse 11. If you haven't found your way into his presence, if you're not yet born again, there's no need to wallow in sin, defeat and ignorance anymore. There's no need searching for the way. Jesus is the way. There's no need searching for the way. Jesus is the way. All you have to do is confess his lordship over your life and your spirit will be recreated to begin an exciting life in God's presence for eternity. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. When we say that Christianity is not a religion, I think that today's um, devotional article does justice to it. Religion is man's search for God for God's divine presence. In Christianity, man is in searching. God came searching. You know, that's, that's just one totally different thing entirely. This is one of the things that make Christianity not a religion. Because in Christianity, God was the one who came searching and provided that access to his divine presence, that oneness to man. And... You know, um, you maybe have, have been attending the devotional with us on a daily basis. And um, um, I don't know if you're born again, but today the opportunity for salvation has been presented to you. And you may be listening to me and you may be born again or you may think that you are born again or may have in the past, you know, said that, oh, I'll serve God, I'll follow God, I'll do this, I'll do that. But somewhere along the line, you deviated and, you know, went after the world or went after your own passions and desires, whatever the case may be. And you've been attending this devotion every morning and you're thinking, I think I want to dedicate my life to God. I think I want to serve God with my life. I think I want to give God my all. 
today is a good opportunity to say the prayer of salvation. If you fall in any of this category, I want you to repeat after me. Just say, oh Lord God, I believe with all my heart in Jesus Christ, son of the living God. I believe he died for me and God raised him from the dead. I believe he's alive today. I confess with my mouth that Jesus Christ is the Lord of my life from this day. Through him and in his name, I have eternal life. I'm born again. Thank you, Lord, for saving my soul. I'm now a child of God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Congratulations, you're now a child of God. And if you'd like to get more information on how you can grow as a Christian, of course, being a part of this devotion every morning is, is, is one of those ways that you get to grow as a Christian as you learn. But please feel free to send me a private chat. And if you have my WhatsApp chat number, please chat me up and I would um, be willing to guide you through the process and celebrate with you as well. Thank you so much. Today is the final day for the month of March, and it's been such a rewarding journey, learning the word of God for ourselves, learning about God, seeing his nature, seeing the things that he loves, seeing the things that matters to him, seeing how he thinks and how he does things, and being able to realize that we were made in his image. And if he can do it, then we also can do it because that nature exists in us. Um, the first quarter has wrapped up and has come to an end today. There is the second quarter before us. There is the third quarter and there is the fourth quarter of 2021. And I don't know what your year has been like, but I do know that God specializes in changing hopeless situations. If you were with us when we listened to the message changing hopeless situations, you should have been exposed to how you can change any situation irrespective of how it is, irrespective of what is involved and who is involved. If you have also been with us, you would have learned to pray, you would have learned to talk, you would have learned to build your faith because the Bible says without faith, it is impossible to please God. So there's so many things you would have learned to be a part of this family. And we have a lot of testimonies already. And what I want to say is beyond these devotional times, build your relationship with God, because that is the most important thing for you as a child of God. You see, um, while it's an amazing thing to give, while it's an amazing thing to do all the things that you do as a Christian, the most important thing to God is fellowship. The souls that we win, the giving that we give for the sake of gospel work and kingdom financing is for the sole purpose that, uh, that we might bring men into fellowship with him, to him, with him. So at the end of the day, the reason for the preaching of the gospel, the reason that we do all that we do is so that we might all have that fellowship with him. Is it truly our fellowship is with the father and with his son, Jesus Christ. We read today, Jesus reminding us that he is the way, the truth and the life. No man comes to the father except by him. And Jesus offers that hand of fellowship. Many of us said yes to it many years ago and we do not regret it. Every day, the more we know God, the more we fall in love with God. I don't know about you, but reading this, um, reading the Bible reading plan on a daily basis, and I see how the children of Israel, for instance, at different and countless times would, you know, offend God, do some, some very terrible things, say some very terrible things, even to the man of God, Moses. But God always had mercy, you know. When Moses would say, God, please help them. Please forgive them. These are the people that you brought out of Egypt. If you destroy them now, the people will say that, oh, their God brought them out and he did not have the ability to take them into the land that he promised them. So he destroyed them, you know, and 
time and time again, we saw mercy prevail over justice. And you know, um, what comes home to me in all of this, there is nothing anybody can do to me that I cannot forgive. Because I saw God demonstrate mercy again and again. Even when we, we ourselves felt like, ah, uh -uh, these children of Israel, they are only too much. But often, mercy prevailed over justice. You know, so in our walk as Christians, every day, be, 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 what's the word? Be easily persuaded, be easily entreated. No matter how upset you are, let, let someone be able to negotiate with you, to entreat you. Be easily persuaded by the word of God. No matter your situation, no matter your feelings, when the word of God comes into the picture and shines light on a particular situation, be willing to make an adjustment to side with the word. Yesterday, when we were reading in Joshua and that angel told Joshua, when Joshua asked him, whose side are you on? Where you come from and whose side are you on? He said, I'm not on your side, neither am I on, am I on the side of the enemy. I said that God does not take sides with men. God takes sides with himself and man is to take sides with him. So in every situation as a Christian, take sides with God. Find out what God has said concerning the matter and take sides with him. Be easily persuaded by the word. It is why the name of this group is inspired by the word. When you check out all the different synonyms and implications of the word inspired, it is to be persuaded, easily entreated, to be moldable, to, to be able to allow the word at any point in time, change your, stat, your state, your status, and your estate concerning matters of life. If you cannot be entreated, if you cannot be negotiated with, if you are not able to come to a compromise because of the word of God, then you are not inspired by the word. I am inspired by the word continually, daily, no matter how I feel, no matter the situation, when I hear what the word says concerning it, I change my position immediately to stand and agree with the word. That's the reason for this family. That is the reason for this daily devotion. It said, as we look, we are changed. As we look on a daily basis, we are changed. And many of you have that testimony. I remember when we shared about the fact that, oh, your brother is owing you money. So what? Many of you went back. I remember when Sister Love was sharing how that she went back to her phone and she started checking, who are all the people that have asked me for money? Who are all the people that have asked me for help? And she said she started bringing out all their account numbers and started making transfer to them. I remember Brother Shadrach sending me a message. He said, there are two of our members in church who have owed me money since last year. As you, as you spoke about when we, because we read them from the Bible. He said, I, I, I called them up and I told them that I, I, I am letting go of your debt. You don't have to pay anymore. And he said, there was such a peace in my heart. Many of you had that testimonies. You, you took that step to become a blessing. Some of you went to your wardrobes and you, you took your shoes, you took your clothes and you were looking for that brother and that sister to bless. You know, so consistently and daily as we hear, many of you rose up to do. And I want you to know that you see, God is not unjust, neither is he unworthy to forget your labor of love. The things that you do for the brethren, even in situations where you, it seemed like you were taking advantage of, brothers and sisters, it is okay to be taken advantage of. It is okay. Oh, you gave out money for something and they were supposed to be, they were supposed to pay you. And then you found out that it was the plan from the beginning. They did not plan to, to pay you, but you helped. You saw a need that you helped. It is okay. One thing is certain, the giver would always be greater than the receiver. How much can you take from a water? How much can you take from an ocean? The giver would always be greater 
than the receiver. So no matter what happens, take joy in knowing that like God said to Abraham, I have blessed you and I have made you a blessing. You will continually be a blessing. You will continually be a blessing. God bless you. I wish you guys the second quarter of the year, may your harvest, may your harvest come to you as the dust of the earth, as a sand upon the seashores and as the stars in the sky forever. May your blessings abound. May the Lord bless you richly, reward you openly and announce you globally. Many of you, you do business. In this next quarter, you will see your business go beyond countries, go beyond shores, go beyond boundaries and territories. You'll be recommended in nations where you didn't deal. You will be given contracts that you did not bid for. You'll be brought into own companies that you did not found as shareholders, and they will come with monetary values, some of them to the tunes of the billions of dollars. I, the Lord, would do it, says the Spirit of God. For in these last days, I'm bringing my children into places of power and of authority, where I will give them influence and affluence for the sake of my kingdom, so that I can do a lot in a short time and cut it short in righteousness, says the Spirit of God. So the new quarter for us is one of harvest, is one of harvest, says the Spirit of God. Congratulations. I'm going to hand over to Sister Joy at this moment for the further study. God bless you. Amen. 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 I receive. Amen. Thank you so much, Ma. Good morning, Ma. Thank you so much, Ma, for this opportunity. Good morning, everyone. Good afternoon, good evening, depending on where you're connecting from. I'll be taking the further study. We're reading from Ephesians 2, 18 to 19. It says, for through him, we both have access by one spirit unto the Father, now, therefore, ye are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God. Romans 5, 1 to 2. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into his grace, wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Amen. Praise God. I'm going to be taking the confession together. It's displayed on the screen. You don't have to mute your mic. Just repeat after me wherever you are. I was born into God's presence to live eternally in joy, glory, and, and pleasures evermore. My life is upward and forward because in his presence is the path of life. His light illuminates, his light illuminates, and all I see is blessings and the glorious benefits of my inseparable oneness with Christ. Glory to his name forever. Amen. Praise God. Thank you so much, esteemed Sister Maka, for this wonderful opportunity. Thank you for leading us even throughout this first quarter. Thank you for your blessings upon us. Thank you for your words of inspiration. Thank you for your ministration. Thank you for all you've been doing for us. Right now, I'd like to hand over to Brodozier for the New Testament reading of the One Year Bible Plan. Thank you so much, everyone. Thank you so much, Sister Joy. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Depends on where you're connecting from, from around the world. Welcome to this morning's time of devotion and time of being consistent with reading the daily Bible devotional reading. I'll be reading the New Testament today and we're reading the book of Luke. We're reading the message translation and it's been a very interesting read. Thank you so much, Sister Amaka, for this wonderful opportunity. So we have Luke chapter 8 from verse 40 to 56 and the caption, his touch. On his return, Jesus was welcomed by a crowd. They were all there expecting him. A man came up, Jairus by name. He was president of the meeting place. He fell at Jesus's feet and begged him to come to his home because his 12-year-old daughter, his only child, was dying. Jesus went with him, making his way through the, through the pushing, jostling crowd. In the crowd that day, 
there was a woman who for 12 years had been afflicted with hemorrhages. She had spent every penny she had on doctors, but not one had been able to help her. She slipped in from behind and touched the edge of Jesus' robe. At that very moment, her hemorrhaging stopped. Jesus said, who touched me? When no one stepped forward, Peter said, but master, we have, got, we have got crowds of people on our hands. Dozens have touched you. Jesus insisted. Someone touched me. I felt power discharging from me. When the woman realized that she couldn't remain hidden, she knelt trembling before him. In front of all the people, she brought out her story, why she touched him and how at the same moment she was healed. Jesus said, daughter, you took a risk trusting me and now you are healed and whole. Live well, live blessed. While he was still talking, someone from the leader's house came up and told him, your daughter died, no need to bother the teacher. Jesus overheard and said, don't be upset, just trust me and everything will be all right. Going into the house, he wouldn't let anyone enter with him except Peter, James, John, and the child's parents. Everyone was crying and carrying on over her. Jesus said, don't cry. She didn't die. She's sleeping. They laughed at him. They knew she was dead. Then Jesus, gripping her hand, called, my dear child, get up. She was up in an instant, up and breathing again. He told them to give her something to eat. Her parents were ecstatic, but Jesus warned them to keep quiet. Don't tell a soul what happened in this room. May the Lord bless this reading in Jesus' name. And we declare, as we go forth today, every dead situation, we speak life to it in our businesses, in our finances, in every part of our life. We speak life to it, and it comes to life in Jesus' name. Thank you so much for this wonderful opportunity. I'll hand over to Brother John, who will take us through the Old Testament Bible again. Thank you, everyone. God bless you. Thank you very much, Brother Zee. Yeah, greetings, everyone. Thank you for joining in again. Now, the Old Testament of the Bible reading plan, and uh, we'll be taking the book of Joshua. I will begin Joshua 7. The caption is Archan. And the law of Israel violated the holy cost. Son of Kab, son of Zab, son of Judah. Some of the cost things. God became angry with the people of Israel. You know, from previous chapter, God was that they should destroy everything. They shouldn't take anything. Okay. Um, I'm just going to um, continue the reading. Um, Brother Doze, please help, help with um, projecting the scriptures on the screen. Um, Brother John's network is a bit um, poor, so I will just um, continue for the reading for the um, Old Testament. Um, Achan, from chapter 7, Joshua chapter 7. Then the people of Israel violated the holy cause. Achan, son of Carmel, the son of Zabdi, the son of Zerah of the tribe of Judah, took some of the cost things. God became angry with the people of Israel. Joshua sent men from Jericho to Ai, the Reun, which is near Beth Avon, just east of Bethel. He instructed them, go up and spy out the land. The men went up and spied out Ai. 
They returned to Joshua and reported, don't bother sending a lot of people, two or 3,000 men are enough to defeat I. Don't wear out the whole army. There aren't that many people there. So 3,000 men went up and they fled in defeat before the men of Ai. The men of Ai killed 36, chased them from the city gate as far as the quarries, killing them at the descent. The heart of the people sank, all spirit knocked out of them. Joshua ripped his clothes and fell on his face to the ground before the chest of God. He and the leaders throwing death on their heads, prostrate until evening. Joshua said, oh, 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 master God, why did you insist on bringing these people across to Jordan? To make us victims of the Amorites? To make us victims of the Amorites? To wipe us out? Why didn't we just settle down on the east side of the Jordan? Oh, master, what can I say after this? After Israel has been run off by its enemies, when the Canaanites and all the other living others living here get wind of this, they will gang up on us and make short work of us. And then how will you keep up with your reputation? God said to Joshua, get up. Why are you groveling? Israel has sinned. They've broken the covenant I commanded them. They've taken forbidden plunder, stolen and then covered up the theft, squirreling in it away with their own stuff. The people of Israel can no longer take look their enemies in the eyes. They themselves are plunder. I can't continue with you if you don't read yourselves of the cost things. So get started. Purify the people. Tell them, get ready for tomorrow by purifying yourself. For this is what God, your, the God of Israel says. There are cost things in the camp. You won't be able to face your enemies until you have gotten rid of these cost things. First thing in the morning, you'll be called up by, by tribes. The tribe God names will come up clan by clan. The clan God names will come up family by family. And the family God names will come up man by man. The person found with the cost things will be bond, he and everything he has because he broke God's covenant and did this, this despicable thing in Israel. Joshua was up at the crack of the dawn and called Israel up tribe by tribe. The tribe of Judah was singled out. Then he called up the clans <clears throat> and singled out the Zerahites. He called up the Zerahite family and singled out the Zat the Zabdi family. He called up the family members one by one and singled out Achan, son of Kalmi, the son of Zabdi, the son of Zerah of the tribe of Judah. Joshua spoke to Achan, my son, give glory to God, the God of Israel. Make your confession to him. Tell me what you did. Don't keep back anything from me. Achan answered Joshua, it's true. I sinned against God, the God of Israel. This is how I did it. In the plunder, I spotted a beautiful Shina robe, 200 shekels of silver and a 50 shekel bar of gold, and I coveted and took them. They are buried in my tent with the silver at the bottom. Joshua sent up messengers. They ran to the tent, and there it was, buried in the tent with the silver at the bottom. They took the stuff from the tent and brought it to Joshua and to all the people of Israel and spread it out before God. Joshua took Achan, son of Zerah, took the silver, the rope, the gold bar, his sons and daughters, his ox, donkey, sheep, and tent. Everything connected with him. All Israel was there. They led them off to the valley of Ankor, Akor, Trouble Valley. Joshua said, why have you troubled us? God will now trouble you. Today, and all Israel stoned him, burned him with fire and stoned him with stones. They piled a huge pile of stones over him, it's still there. Only then did God turn from his hot anger. That's how the place came to be called Trouble Valley, right up to the present time. Joshua chapter eight, A. God said to Joshua, don't be timid and don't so much as hesitate. Take all your soldiers with you and go back to Ur. I have turned the king of Ur over to you, his people, his city, and his land. Do to I and its king what you did to Jericho and its king. Only this time you may plunder its stuff and cattle to your heart's content. Set an ambush behind the city. Joshua and all his soldiers got ready to march to on A. Joshua chose 30,000 men, tough seasoned fighters, and sent them off at night with these orders. Look sharp now, lie in amb ambush behind the city. 
get as close as you can. Stay at alert. Stay alert. I and the troops with me will approach the city head zone. When they come out to meet us, just as before, we will turn and run. They will come after us, leaving the city. As we are off and running, they will say they are running away just like the first time. That's your signal to spring from your ambush and take the city. God, your God, will hand it over to you. Will hand it to you on a platter. Once you have the city, burn it down. God says, God says it. You do it. Go to it. I've given you your orders. Excuse me. Joshua sent them off. They set their ambush and waited between Bethel and I, just west of I. Joshua spent the night with the people. Joshua was up early in the morning and mustered his army. He and the leaders of Israel sent the troops to air. The whole army, fighting men all, marched right up within sight of the city and set camp on the north side of Eri. There was a valley between them and Eri. He had taken about 5,000 men and put them in ambush between Bethel and Eri, west of the city. They were all deployed. The main army to the north of the city and the ambush to the west. Joshua spent the night in the valley. Verse 14, so it happened that when the king of Ur saw all this, the men of the city lost no time. They were out of there at the crack of dawn to join Israel in battle. The king and his troops at a field en route to the Araba. The king didn't know of the ambush set against him behind the city. Joshua and all Israel let themselves be chased. They ran toward the wilderness. Everybody in the city was called to the chase. They pursued Joshua and were led away from the city. There wasn't a soul left in Ai or Bethel who wasn't out there chasing after Israel. The city was left empty and undefended as they were chasing Israel down. Then God spoke to Joshua, verse 18. Stretch out the javelin in your hand towards Ai. I'm giving it to you. Joshua stretched out the javelin in his hand towards Ai. At the signal, the men in ambush sprang to their feet, ran to the city, took it, and quickly had it up in flames. Verse 20. The men of Ai looked back and all saw the city going up in smoke. They found themselves trapped with nowhere to run. The army on the run towards the wilderness did an about face. Joshua and all Israel, seeing that the ambush had taken the city, saw it going up in smoke turned and attacked the men of Ai. Then the men in the ambush poured out of the city. The men of Ai were caught in the middle with Israelites on both sides, a real massacre. And not a single survivor, except for the king of Ai. They took him alive and brought him to Joshua. When it was all over, Israel had killed everyone in Ai, whether in the fields or in the wilderness where they had chased them. When the killing was complete, the Israelites returned to Ai and completed the devastation. The death toll that day came to 12,000 men and women, everyone in Ai. Joshua didn't lower his outstretched javelin until the sacred destruction of Ai and all its people was completed. Israel did get to take the livestock and loot left in the city. God's instruction to Joshua allowed for that. Joshua burned Ai to the ground, a heap of nothing forever, in no place. Go see for yourself. He hanged the king of Ai from a tree at evening with the sun going down. Joshua ordered the corpse cut down. They dumped it at the entrance to the city and piled it high with stones. You can, you can go see that also. Then Joshua built an altar to the God of Israel on Mount Ebal. He built it following the instructions of Moses, the servant of God, to the people of Israel and written in the book of Revelations, of the revelation of Moses. An altar of whole stones that hadn't been chiseled or shaped by an iron tool. On it, they offered to God whole burnt offerings and sacrificed peace offerings. He also wrote out a copy of the revelation of Moses on the stones. He wrote it with the people of Israel looking on. All Israel was there, foreigners and citizens alike, with their elders, officers, and judges, standing on opposite sides of the chest facing the Levitical priests who carried God's covenant chest. Half of the people stood with their backs to Mount Garizim and half with their backs to Mount Ebal to bless the people of Israel. Just as Moses, the servant of God, had instructed earlier. Verse 34, after that, 
He read out everything written in the Revelation, the blessing and the cause, everything in the book of the Revelation. There wasn't a word of all that Moses commanded that Joshua didn't read to the entire congregation, men, women, children, and foreigners who had been with them on the journey. Now we get on to Joshua chapter nine, Gibeon. All the kings west of the Jordan in the hills and foothills and along the Mediterranean sea coast, north towards Lebanon, the Hittites, Amorites, Canaanites, Perizzites, Hevites, Gigashites, and Jebusites got the news. They came together in a coalition to fight against Joshua and Israel under a single command. The people of Gibeon heard, that, heard what Joshua had done to Jericho and I and cooked up a ruse. They posed as travelers, their donkeys loaded with patched sacks and mended wineskins, tread bare sandals on their feet, tattered clothes on their bodies, nothing but dry crust and crumbs for food. They came to Joshua at Gilda and spoke to the men of Israel who come from a far off country, make a covenant with us. With us. The men of Israel said to these Hivites, how do we know you are in local people? How could we then make a covenant with you? They said to Joshua, we'll be your servants. Joshua said, who are you now? Where did you come from? They said, from a far off country, very far away. Your servants came because we've heard such great things about God, your God. All these things he did in Egypt and the two Amorite kings across the Jordan, King Sion of Heshbon and King Og of Bashan, who ruled in Ashtaroth. Our leaders and everybody else in our country told us, pack up some food for the road and go meet them. Tell them, while servants, make a covenant with us. This bread was warm from the oven when we packed it and left to come and see you. Now look at it, crushed and crumbs, and our cracked and mended wineskins, good as new when we filled them. And our clothes and sandals in tattered from in tatters from the long hard traveling. The men of Israel looked them over and accepted the evidence, but they didn't ask God about it. But they didn't ask God about it. But they didn't ask God about it. I'm hoping to come back to this. Verse 15. So Joshua made peace with them and formalized it with a covenant to guarantee their lives. The leaders of the congregation swore to it. And then three days after making this covenant, they learned that they were next door neighbors who had been living there all along. The people of Israel broke camp and set out. Three days later, they reached their towns, Gibeon, Kephira, Beirut, Beirut, and Kiriat Jerim, but the people of Israel didn't attack them. The leaders of the congregation had given their word before the God of Israel, but the congregation was up in arms over their leaders. The leaders were, on, were united in their response to the congregation. We promised them in the presence of the God of Israel. We can't lay a hand on them now. But we can do this. We will not let them leave so we don't. We will let them leave so we don't get blamed for breaking our promise. Then the leaders continued, we'll let them leave, but they will be woodcutters and water carriers for the entire congregation. And that's what happened. The leaders' promise was kept. But Joshua called the Gibeonites together and said, Why did you lie to us, telling us we live far, far away from you when you are next door neighbors? For that you are cursed. From now on, it's many our job labor for you. Woodcutters and water carriers for the house of my God. They answered Joshua, we got the message loud and clear that God your God commanded through his servant Moses to give you the whole country and destroy everyone living in it. We were terrified because of you. That's why we did this. That's it. We are at your mercy. Whatever you decide is right for us. Do it. And that's what they did. Joshua delivered them from the power of the people of Israel so they didn't kill them. But he made them woodcutters and water carriers for the congregation and for the altar of God at the place God chooses. They still are, praise the Lord. Quickly, I just want to emphasize a little, you know, on that part that I said I was going to come back to. You know, verse 14, he said, the men of Israel took them over and accepted the evidence, accepted the evidence, but they didn't ask God about it. Many a times in our Christian journey, maybe it's a business, maybe it's a relationship, maybe it's marriage, maybe it's a contract, and then evidences are brought to you. This person is presented as this person to you. Um, this business is presented to you with evidences that look believable. 
and you can find yourself agreeing to a relationship, agreeing to a marriage, agreeing to a business, agreeing to a deal because of the evidences that have been presented to you. But I, I did say that one of the things that we require in this last days is the discernment of spirits, the gift of the discernment of spirit, the ability to be able to see beyond the surface and also to be able to know by the spirit, whether through the place of prayer or through the place of fellowship, that something is deceptive and something, there is something beyond what you can see on the top at the surface. Like the children of Israel, don't just take everything that is brought to you, irrespective of how convincing and believable the evidences are. Learn to talk to God about it. Learn to ask the Holy, ask the Holy Ghost about it. This we find in this situation that the children of Israel took a decision because some guys came presenting believable evidences. You read the story with me and you saw what they did to convince the children of Israel that they were from far away. Is it in the area of marriage where somebody comes and present themselves as who they are not and then you believe and take them? And then even when your leaders seem to be telling you that see this, see this, is, you know, um, he said this, she said this, I even went to see her family and they are this, they are that, they are that. Learn to talk to the Lord about it. Learn to put your feelings away and hear what God has to say about it. The thing about the acceptable will of God is that you convince God to accept what you want then it becomes acceptable. Don't be like that. Settle for God's perfect will. Make up your mind that in whatever situation you find yourself in life, what God, God says is what is final. Learn to hear from the Holy Spirit. Train yourself to hear from the Holy Spirit first before taking a decision. Sometime um, in January, I had an, an, an offer from a, a company in the US. It was a fantastic offer. I was to be vice president of a new startup, many things. I, I had an offer to be a shareholder of the company. But by the spirit of God, as I prayed, in, in, I, I had about a few weeks to give a feedback. In fact, I had even written the first um, letter, you know, um, letting them know that I was considering it and I was gonna send a final feedback. And just at the moment when I was supposed to send in the stuff, the Holy Spirit told me, no, I was waiting for that final word. And not up to a week after I had submitted and tendered my um, decline of the employment, I came upon certain evidences that pointed me to the fact that what I did was right. Sometimes you may not come across such evidences, but what matters is what is God saying? I'm willing to let go of any relationship, any job, any business offer, any money. When I see that God's answer is no, learn to take no from God and learn to see it as a good thing. No doesn't always mean that it is, it, it, it means bad. There is, there is a no that saves your life and learn to take God by his word and to know that if he's saying no concerning a particular matter, then he has something much more better because the Bible says he's able to do exceeding abundantly more than we can ever ask, think or imagine according to his power that is at work in us. There is a spirit behind the power. It is the Holy Ghost. With the Holy Ghost in your life, you can never go wrong because his major assignment in the life of a Christian is to make a success of our lives. So make up your mind that you will enjoy your journey with the Lord. If it is a no, let it be a no. And you will take it in good faith. You will celebrate it. You will be excited about it. And you will continue serving God. And when that time comes, when he says yes, you know that God would exceed your expectation. The next quarter before us is going to get more deceptive in the world. Trust me, you've seen a lot of deception. You haven't seen it all. It's not going to get better for the people of the world, but it's going to get better for the church. Make up your mind that you will not be deceived by the, by the world because there's also going to be a great falling away as has started already. Make up your mind that you will not fall away. Stay in fellowship, stay connected with the Lord and he will keep you. Thank you so much. I'm going to hand over to Brother Martins at this time and we are going to take the Pauline affirmation. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, esteemed Sister Amaka, for this great opportunity. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, everyone, depending on where you're connected from. Praise the Lord. At this time, we're taking our Pauline affirmation. 
And um, normally we take our formation by starting with your name. My name is, you say your name. I have the spirit of wisdom and revelation and knowledge of Christ. The second paragraph, I, you say your name, I'm granted according to the riches of the glory of Christ. The third paragraph, your name, my love abounds more and more in knowledge and in all judgment. At this time, I'll ask everyone to unmute their mic and we'll take our formation at the count of three. Please do unmute your mic. One, two, three. My name is Martin. of the glory of the Hallelujah, praise the Lord. And quickly, we're going to take the communion, and I'm reading from First Corinthians chapter 11 from verse 23 it said for i have received of the lord that which also i delivered unto you that the lord jesus the same night in which he was betrayed took bread and when he had given thanks this is my body which is broken for you this do in remembrance of me lord we thank you for the body of christ that was broken for us as we break this bread we launch into the second quarter knowing oh god that what you have for us exceeds human expectations. It is beyond our imagination. And we thank you, Lord, that in this new quarter, we are kept secured in your word, kept in the faith, and we discern spirits not liable to fall into deception or into temptation, or kept by your spirit. We take this communion as a seal of our words in Jesus' name. Amen. Please break the bread and take it. And verse 25, after the same man also it took a cup when he has stopped saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. These do years after as you drink it in remembrance of me. But as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord that till he comes. Thank you, Lord, for the cup of the new covenant sealed with the blood of Jesus. As we take this cup even this morning, Lord, today is the final day of the month of March and of the first quarter of the year. There are things that were expected to have happened in the first quarter. Lord, you don't require 24 hours to make a miracle happen. There are prophecies that you gave us that cannot be done by any man. It shall be done by a miracle. And today we declare that today is that day of miracle. 
whatever it is, oh God, you said to us that anything is possible. And we declare by this cup, because Jesus made everything possible through his death, burial, resurrection, ascension, and glorification. We declare as we take this cup now that all things, all things, all matters that concern us today is possible. We'll wrap up today, wrap up the first quarter, wrap up the month, knowing that you exceeded our expectations for the first quarter. Someone here, your car comes today. That job comes today. If you believe it, you have it. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Someone, there's something you've desired for your child. He comes today. He comes today. I, I hear scholarship, scholarship for a child. Thank you, sweet spirit of God. We give you praise. We adore and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much, Extinct Cause, for the blessing that you are and for blessing us today. Thank you, Esteem family, for joining us in the devotion. I now call on us to share the benediction. Please unmute your mind and the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the sweet fellowship of the Holy Spirit Holy is with us now and forevermore. Amen. And surely, God goodness and mercy all the days of our lives as we dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. All right. I'm alive. God bless you. Thank you so much, Ma. Thank you so much.